Welcome to SlayerFest98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me is my lovely co-host, comic book writer, Stephanie Williams. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. Do you want to introduce our lovely guests? You know, I sure do. Um, so we have Vanity Fair senior writer and host of Still Watching Podcast. Joanna Robinson. Hello. Hi, hey, Joanna. Joanna. Hi. And we also have former writer of Wonder Woman and current writer of Absolute Carnage. <laughs> Steve Orlando. Hi. Hey, nice Steve. Steve. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to have all of you here to talk about episode. I also keep forgetting the number. This is episode five. Yes, five. Um, I think because originally when I put it in my schedule, I put Loki as only having five episodes. So I keep thinking this is four. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about episode five. Um, we'll start off with first impressions. Joanna, what did you think of this episode Like when you first finished? I thought it was really fun. I mean, I think it was a fun way to... Um, pummel us with Easter eggs and all sorts of other things like that. Um, I think the momentum on this series has been up and down a bit. Um, and this one felt at least like there was a clarity of momentum. There's like a ticking clock on things like a, a, an evil cloud is going to eat us if we don't figure out what to do. So there was (laughs) at least that going on. Uh, so I liked that, but there's still some weird, I mean, we'll talk about it, but there's just still some weird like dead zones, in these episodes where I, I'm wanting them to like sort of pick up the pace, but um, I'm enjoying the series overall. And I did like this episode. That's fair. Uh, Steve, what did you think of the episode when you first finished? Uh, I, I would agree. Like uh, I, I think all like across formats uh, as they, as, as they just said, like there always seems to be a struggle with pacing, whether it's a, whether it's a 13 episode Netflix show or a, six episode Disney plus show. But that said, uh, yes, I do think that, uh, things have picked up nicely. Um, and maybe I, you know, was hoping for like some sort of amazing gotcha appearance, uh, in the final seconds to tee us up for the final episode next week. But I was very happy with what we got. Um, and I think, you know, it, it bears saying for me too, like, what's become acceptable or interesting in the mainstream is so wild to me as a comic reader and shows like Loki, uh, shows like Loki and shows like, uh, legends of tomorrow, which are basically the same show, same show plus or minus camp, uh, really show me that like every week, you know, when I was a kid, I never thought I'd be talking to the people that were throwing me into lockers about the multiverse and <laughs> yeah, and, and, thing, and, and like, you know, time variants. And it, here we are. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, especially on display in this show, because yeah, yeah, you know we have a we have a show that has mainstream buy-in, but we also have the Thanos copter and Loki is an alligator. Yeah. Yes. Um, Stephanie, what did you think of this episode? Um, I think about the same. Uh, it's those dug on dead zones. Um, and I'm yeah. glad Tony, like you called it that because I'm like I haven't been able to like articulate what it is about the episodes that for me, um, there have been moments that I like really really love, and then others I'm like okay, so what are we doing? Or like, I'll like not pay attention. I have to like rewind because I think that right. I, like I missed something. Right. Um, but this episode was uh, super chaotic um, because of all the Lokis. And then also like, you know, them unraveling and trying to figure out where do we go next? Like, where are the timekeepers or like who's really behind that? So I did feel like at least up the urgency to flow right into the finale. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I kind of agree with all of you. I think 
I think like you said, Steve, I, I did was expecting a little bit more of like a, a cliffhangery punch at the end um, and was a little surprised that we didn't, you know, I mean, at this point, I'm not even, ugh, I'm going to, Joanna, I'm going to ask you about theories in a second, but okay. I'm not even sure what I'm expecting because I do feel like, um, Joanna, I know you, you at least are familiar with the magicians. I kept thinking of when Margot <laughs> is like, the fairies are all around her and like everything that goes wrong is always a fairy's fault. And I forget, I don't even remember the episode of the scene when she's, when they're like, I don't think it's the fairies. And she's like, well, it sure smells like they're whimsical bullshit. And I feel like all of this smells like Loki's whimsical bullshit. So I keep waiting for the big bad, not to be Loki, not to mm. be Kang, but to be another Loki. Another Loki. Yeah. Um, Because like the cybernetic, like the robots and how they laughed when the head was cut off and that was it. Like there wasn't like, a fight it was just almost like ha ah, you figured it out oh well um all but feels again, that very... just feels it feels inert in a way that it shouldn't like that right. should be like a big damn moment and instead it just like they just lop off their heads and they roll and it's just sort of like okay and then we pick up in the next episode in a different room entirely with with yeah. um ravana and sylvie so i don't know what's going on there but like f- for me the dead zones come primarily from this like lack of tension. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's at least a bit of a ticking clock on this episode. It feels like, but like overall, I just don't know what's like, first of all, I don't know what our Loki wants. Yeah. I don't know what's driving him at this point. Like it, it shifts a little at first, at first you're kind of like, Oh, he's trying to trick everyone. So he can take over the TVA. I, I get it. And then it's like, it's shifting. and I don't mind it shifting, but I need to like, what do you really want and what are you willing to lose or what are you willing to do to get it? Right. And, um, and, and then also, yeah, just sort of like something that, you know, I got a chance to talk to Michael Waldron, who's the head writer on the show before um, the series premiered. And he was talking about how he wanted to have these long dialogue scenes, a la like sort of Tarantino. He referenced um, the tavern scene in Inglorious Bastards, but like the reason the tavern scene in Inglorious Bastards feels so, so, like as long as it is, the reason it feels so alive is because there's life and death stakes and it's not just fake (laughs) life and death stakes, it's real life and death stakes. Like everyone gets shot. Right. And so that's, that's what's sort of brimming through these Tarantino scenes. And you've got these long dialogue scenes, which usually I really love in stuff. Um, But then they just sort of end and you're sort of like, okay, okay. And then you move on. You know what I mean? In this episode, we've got like the Sylvie and Loki moment with the blanket and I like them and I'm not against them being together. And, and I, you know, some people find their romance repugnant. I do not like, I'm not there, but like, I'm also like, maybe this scene should have been shorter or at least livelier <laughs> in some way. I don't, I, whatever I'm looking for, doesn't have it. And it's, it's odd, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have felt, yes. Which was like, you know, I, I, I still do like the series, but yes, I have kind of been like, What's the end? Like, I don't, not to, you know, not to actually do a pun, but like, what is the end game here? Like, I'm not sure what we're supposed to be like going towards. And I often have felt like, you know, I mean, we knew Sylvie wasn't the real villain by like, you know, the end of episode two, we kind of knew that. And it just feels like, who is the villain? Whoms is like behind everything? Just, and it felt like we needed to get a little bit of a reveal here. And we didn't in this episode. Like, I kind of expected there to be a reveal at the end to be like, oop, this is who's behind the the curtain. But instead we just saw like a castle in the smoke. And I felt very like, that's it. Like I got that that was like, oh, they're going to that castle. It was setting us up for them going there. 
but that didn't feel to me like enough of like a, oh shit, can't wait to see them go into this castle I've never seen, you know? Well, and it almost has to be, look, uh, you're, you're talking about who's behind it. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say it almost has to be because there's been plenty of sloppy fan service across all superhero movies. But like at this point, if it were Kang, if it were anyone but a Loki variant or original Loki, original recipe Loki, you know, somehow uh, no one would, I mean, no casual viewers would care. You know, like if you do Kang at this point with no foreshadowing that Kang is a thing, right? Uh, it'll pop for the Marvel fans, but it's nothing if you don't, you know, if you don't already know who he is. It's like the reason it was Agatha all along worked is that Agatha had fucking been there, you right. know. Um, but if, you know, if there was no, if she wasn't there and then suddenly this old lady showed up at the end, like you wouldn't really care. Uh, and so, like, yeah, they, I feel like they've kind of backed themselves in where it's got to be. There's only a couple of reveals I feel like that will feel earned, which isn't to say they're not going to do one, you know, like, right. uh, like, and, and, and also that's, uh, the, the themes of these shows, <laughs> I think they vary, you know, I should, I shouldn't say the themes, the, the, the narrative goals of these shows vary. So we're saying, you know, what's the end game, but, um, it's all kind of one show, you know, the Marvel movies and now these TV shows, which are essentially just extended movies. Um, you know, for all we know, their end game is just introducing this big character that's True. going to be macro villain. And I think that that might still be okay for fans. Like, you know, like I, I guess I'm, I'm wading into dangerous territory here, but like, we're essentially watching, uh, you know, these giant serialized, a giant serialized TV show. Like everybody loved Avengers Endgame, myself included. But if you look at it as a movie uh, and, a, and a story in of itself, it's it's barely a story. It's an act three for 20 movies. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that that's fine because everybody's invested. So on one hand, I can look at this and say, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be someone we've seen before. It's got to be someone related to Loki at this point. But on the other hand, like that's only if we're talking about the way a traditional story works, yeah. uh, you know, that has a beginning, middle and end in one sequence. So that's my <laughs> those are my thoughts about the end of this episode. But it could, you know, for all we know, yeah, it'll be Kang. And the last line will be him saying, I'm Kang. See you next summer. See you at the multiverse. Peace. <laughs> um, Stephanie, do you think do you think Kang will show up? I mean, maybe, uh, you know, like the last two, uh, like WandaVision and uh, what is it? Right. The, the black guy with wings and with that, uh, like to just act like the comics, I just have not read them and they just do whatever. But it's also the fact that I don't know if Marvel is going to want to pull a okie doke and then spin around and do like a reverse flip and then it ends up being <laughs> Kang anyway so right. at this point so like and I think too that's probably played a role in why I don't know if I care um, <laughs> who's the big bad of the whole Loki thing um, because even the stuff with the the uh, the timekeepers or whatever I'm like I know mm-hmm. that was going to be a fake out um, so if it's Kang that's nice it be great to see, you know, Jonathan Majors um, show up in his stockings. I'd be thrilled. <laughs> I'd be absolutely thrilled if Jonathan Majors shows up. But like something, a, a comparison that someone made to me um, that I thought was really smart is they were like, I, I agree. I don't think it can be Kang uh, for exactly the reasons that like Steve laid out. Um, 
because I like I had I had a listener, I do a podcast about Loki and I had a listener email in and say, like, there's been all these clues. Like fans will be really pissed if it's not Kang. And I was like, who do you mean when you say fans? Because like <laughs> if you mean someone who knows comic books and has been on Reddit all season, yeah, I get you. But like, what about the most of the people who are watching the show who aren't those people? <laughs> They're like Kang who? Like yeah. all these breadcrumbs don't mean Kang to them. So like that's not it's not gonna be that. But someone was uh someone said to me, like, what if it's like the end of the first Avengers film where Yes, Loki is the villain or someone connected to Loki. Mobius is the one that I have my eye on, but whoever, like someone that we've been seeing all along, but in a post credits, the way that Thanos shows up in Avengers, we get Jonathan Majors. And I'm like, I wouldn't be mad about that. Like King could mm-hmm. be in a post credits, but I'm also not going to hang my hat on that because we all thought Dr. Strange was going to show up at the end of WandaVision right. and he was yep. supposed to, and then didn't. And so like, you never really know what Marvel decides they're going to want to do, you know, at any given moment. <laughs> I mean, that's true. And I, at this point, because like, I don't know, I'm you, the three of you probably get this too. Like all of my targeted ads, especially if I open Facebook are always for like this Marvel theory. And it's always like a site I've never heard of that doesn't end in .com that I'm not going <laughs> to click, but I'll see the headline. And so like, you know, I can gather what they're getting at most of the time. And I can't remember if I pulled this from that or I, or if I thought of this myself, I really can at this point, but I feel like the way they'll introduce Kang is that he will be like the same way that I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we know at this point that Sylvie will be the MCU's enchantress, that their way around it will be that maybe Jonathan Majors is playing a variant Loki and Kang is a variant Loki because Kang technically is a different version of Franklin Richards in the comics. Right. So like, is that right, Stephanie? I mean, Kang is Mortis, that, and like four other people. So I believe it's safe to say. <laughs> but so you know what I mean? Don't like about Ramatut. There's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. <laughs> he's like all so the that's important why, people. That's Kang why is whoever like, you need him to be in any given moment. Whoever you need at the moment. But exactly that that's another reason why I feel like it could I would be fine if Jonathan Majors Kang is just like a Loki variant. I mean, right? We've we've seen they don't look like Tom Hiddleston, so it's totally like in the mm-hmm. realm of possibilities that a variant could be Kang. And because Kang has had other aliases, I mean, it would be a while before he would be able to be Franklin Richards in from an alt-universe, right? Because we're not getting the Vanessa 4 for a while, and I'm assuming we wouldn't get Franklin for even longer. Um, so I just feel like they would need to make it another character and... Loki would make sense. I don't know. Um, so that's where I keep going with this now after these last few episodes is that if we get Kang, because like y'all said, it just, if it's just this time traveler dude, then like who fucking cares? So what? Like who? Like, I just feel like that's what the reaction would be aside from like you said, Joanna, everyone reading Reddit, like, okay, those people would be like, aha. But like, (laughs) you know, I think of like my friends at work who aren't, you know, extremely online that like would be like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the, it's the same. It's the same thing that happened with WandaVision, where everyone's like, "Well, all the clues were there for Mephisto." I was like, right. "For you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but well, you're I, not normal. I'm not normal. I spend time on Reddit. I, Joanna right. Robinson, am not normal, and I appreciate that. You know, so. I mean, that's like a big symptom of like the modern style of puzzle box television, though, right? Like, it becomes less. I mean. It's ironic you guys mentioned Lost, which I think was one of the first shows that did that. But like a lot of the times I feel like 
a lot, especially in the superhero genre, we get content that is based less around character and story and more about just like some sort of core mystery, which again, like it can be exciting, but I, I feel like there's not a lot of repeat value or at least not as much because once you, once, once you find out what's in the box, whatever it is, uh, there's not necessarily a lot to, to hang that series on. Um, so I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, I felt that way. I was actually glad, for example, it wasn't Mephisto because yeah, like what we got was actually something you could watch again. It was based around real characters making real choices uh, and not just a pop for people who again are, well, I'm not on Reddit either, so I can't say that, but, but, but fans, you know, fans of the lore outside of television and film. Right. I mean, the four of us are still extremely online. Like I've, <laughs> I've looked at some of the comments on Reddit about my podcast and I would not suggest ever doing that to oh, anyone. <laughs> no. I don't know why you did that. No. <laughs> uh, there was a whole Buffy thread I read that was like, has this person even watched the show? And I was like, what the fuck do you think? Do you think I haven't watched it, but I made a whole podcast about it? <laughs> um, but so yeah, I don't recommend that, but I have like, I'm not as well versed in Reddit, but like, I still like, I don't know. I'm always online. I'm always reading about shit and I'm always like looking. I think if WandaVision taught us a lesson is we shouldn't do exactly what I said I'm doing, but like we all still kind of do it. Um, Cause I remember like going into Stephanie, I remember us talking about it. Like we kind of thought like, Oh, maybe Agatha, like, okay, it was her, but like there's someone else that she's mm-hmm. working for, but like there was nothing else. Right. That was it. We hit the wall of it was Agatha all along and there was nothing more to look into, but we kept like looking for it and it was not there. <laughs> Um, okay, but so getting into the episode itself, like you said, Joanna, we start where it ended, but we, for some reason, are in a different room with Sylvie and Ravona. Um, we, like, get a quick, what is it? We, oh, we learn about the Black Smoke. The Lokis are like, that's Eliath, we gotta get out of here. Which, if I hadn't read Brett White's 18 Things You Might Have Missed in this episode, I had no idea Eliath was an actual, like kind of character in the comics. I thought it was, that was another thing where I thought, oh, they're going to get to there and it's going to be, a, there's going to be like a villain in there or maybe a hero trapped in there. But no, it was just, a, it was speaking of Lost, it was just a smoke monster. Um, There was like nothing more there. I think you um, mean Galactus, uh, Circa Rise of the Silver Surfer. <laughs> I did think of that. <laughs> and how like, do you remember how it was like, oh, you can kind of maybe see Galactus's helmet in the smoke, but like there was nothing there. Um, so Ravona is is what did we think of Ravona here? Like I felt like I don't think she's 100% in on it, but I think she's in on it in the way like I'm still on board even though I'm like they're like putting a blindfold over me about telling me what's going on here. Like I think she's still like very much wants to be like in charge of the TVA but I don't think she was lying about not knowing everything, right? I agree. The reason I agree with you because, you know, I don't trust Ravana anything that comes out of her mouth, right? At this point, and that's fine. That's how it should be. But they have that scene with B15 where B15 is sort of like reading Ravana, right? And uh I don't think you have that scene unless B15 is right. Uh, you know, yeah. and so she's saying because otherwise, why does that scene exist? And so she's saying right. like, oh, you want to know who is in charge of the TVA because you feel betrayed and stuff like that. And so then that that to me means that there are things Ravana still doesn't know about what's going on, I think. Stephanie, what do you think? Actually, um, what John like, so yes, that, um, <laughs> which made me think, so like, okay, so like, what are we, so what are we doing here? Um, and then if, 
Kang is going to show up, how does that play into it? Because this is why I don't want to think about the comics because like they have a really messy relationship in the comics. But um, yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, I'm sorry. Loki has been such a weird watch for me because um, <laughs> WandaVision and Falcon and Witch Soldier um, ruined me before we got to this. Like, I wish this would have came second. <laughs> I almost wish this would have been. It was. I feel like Loki, then Falcon and Winter Soldier, then WandaVision might have been the better uh, order or Falcon and Winter Soldier first. Um, yeah, I mean, it really has, right? <laughs> and I also keep, I'm like, I get worried about spoilers, but then there really mm-hmm. isn't much. Like, right? I don't know. Like, I saw everyone no. talking about Allig- Alligator Loki before I got to watch the episode, but like, all right. It's not really a spoiler. I already saw them. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I'm thinking with Ravona. I don't know that we're going to get the, like, st- I don't know that we're going to get the connection between her and Kang here. I mean, I, Stephanie, you taught me who Ravona was. I didn't even know who she was. So you taught me like you and Brett were like telling me who she was. Um, so again, like when I think I'm well-versed in comments, I'm like, who the fuck is this character? <laughs> <laughs> but so and I'm that's sorry. Why, and that's yeah, why it kind of it messes with me a little bit trying to figure out like, so how much does she know? Or does right. she know anything at all? And it's just all a show, but I don't like maybe that's why I've been trying to play pay a little bit uh closer attention to her relationship with um Sylvie. Um so I went back to like watch the episode prior and I'm like, yeah, I still don't I still don't know like where she it, like hell maybe she's the big bad i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um but okay so we get we get them talking um she she wait so i forget if we get her and oh yeah 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 while her and ravona are in there we cut back to loki and i actually i i wish we got more of this shit of all the loki's walking together and like our Loki just like throwing a fucking fit, which I would also be throwing. Um, and he's kind of like the line he says, I suggest we take a breather so I can ask several thousand questions is a very good Loki moment. And I love that he's being a fucking brat um, because it feels on brand. And also I relate. Um, but like these were the scenes that I found myself wanting a little more of of him just interacting with the other Lokis. Um I enjoyed that, and I felt like we, our time with all these other Lokis was like a little too brief, and I hope they can somehow come back in the finale as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I loved him walking. I loved that when the alligator Loki growls, the older Loki is like, he's sensitive like the rest of us. And I was like, oh, this little alligator. <laughs> we learned Kid Loki killed Thor, um, which... <laughs> I was expecting Kid Loki to be more like the comics one where he's more like the good one and just like kind of like shitty, but good. And so that was a already something different, right? Well, I mean, the thing that I will say is we don't know what Thor was like in his uh, in his True. universe. Maybe Thor was a real asshole <laughs> in that reality. <laughs> I mean, Thor, Thor is generally, I mean, Thor, <laughs> Thor is a canonical asshole often. It's uh, true. It's true. true. Have, there'd be no enchantment on the on the hammer if he was just a chill dude. <laughs> if he was just a chill guy. Um, but I was happy to see all these Lokis. I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed the dynamic there. I liked that boastful Loki felt 
I mean, he was holding a hammer that looked like Thor's hammer, but he felt the most like Thor, like in like speech and like the way he was acting and the way he was dressed. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I liked all this shit. So they're going to a hatch um, and we pass by, as Steve mentioned, the Thanos copter, um, which I genuinely gasped when we saw that stupid fucking helicopter because <laughs> I was not expecting that reference. Um, Stephanie, do you want to tell everyone what that's a reference to? No, because I don't know. Because <laughs> you know what I was thinking? It was like Thanos' uh, copter or whatever like after he um, took over. But no, that it's is the one not- thing I don't know. Yeah. Uh, wait, ah, Steve, do you know? Oh, well, I mean, it's not, it's his, I actually forget who he debuted and I want to feel like isn't in his debut. He was fighting Spider-Man or something like very much Spider-Man and Hellcat below his current status, though. Hellcat all timer. How dare (laughs) I, um, God should have put her on a book that I wrote, but, um, anyway, Hellcat 2099. Anyway, um, Yeah, no, I mean, like that's that's just his little branded helicopter. So you're you're not you're actually not wrong, right? Like his his initial debut, he was sort of See, still a cat. You thing. know what? You <laughs> unearthed a memory. I did know. <laughs> you unearthed a memory. I did know what it was. You did. I just can. Conv- yeah, just conv- that's probably why I thought it was a tour thing. Okay, well. And See? it's just become kind of like a punchline, right, Ian? Like similar yeah. to Doctor Doom getting beaten by Squirrel Girl. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things we accept has happened because I and I didn't know this, but there was even like a joke about it in like a vaguely recent Deadpool story from like five years ago, like Deadpool finds the copter. So it's like still which I didn't realize. I thought it was just from the 70s. Um, so I like that. It's like been a running gag for a while. But yeah, such a weird freaking thing to reference. They go down in the hatch. Um, Joanna, I feel like I'm saying all these lost terms, hatch, not hatch, intentionally, hatch. right? <laughs> no, I mean, there's a smoke monster. There's hatches. They say right. two lost episode titles in this episode. Both the head writer and the director are lost fans. So yeah. Oh, really? It. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's Ooh, a lost episode. That makes sense. For all sure. right. So so they do that enter a hatch. Spider buggy, but it's coming. <laughs> they enter the hatch, and we see. Um, it, it almost felt like a cartoon. Like if reminded me of like Simpsons Triassic Horrors, the way you're going down the dirt and you see it like things in the dirt and you see Thor's hammer and you see Throg who is Thor frog, mm-hmm. um, which I had to look up. I had no point of reference other than knowing that was like, I have seen that image. I didn't realize it was like some dude who turned himself into a frog to help his wife who was then worthy and yielded the hammer. I thought it was just like maybe Enchantress or Loki turned him into a frog for a minute, but that was not the case. Um, It was a weird nod, but I liked it. Um, And then we cut back to the TVA and Ravona is basically just stalling here. But again, I do think some of it was honest, like of what she was saying. She's still stalling Sylvie because she knows all the guards are on their way. Um, But we get more of Miss Minutes, who... I know this isn't original because I've seen a lot of people saying it on Twitter. I'm definitely starting to think she's a lot more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's a lot more. She's not just like this, like computer program. Oh, no. Oh, no, right? of course not. No. Not at all. <laughs> Joanna, what do you think of her? Oh, yeah. Insidious. Miss Minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, like, it's not I, I don't think we're going to get an ending where it's like Miss Minutes sitting on the throne of right. uh, of that castle. Uh <laughs> Chronopolis or whatever we want to call it. But um, 
but I definitely think that she is. Uh, if she, if she had a mustache, she would probably twirl it in the finale. That's what I would guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because even like, I, she interacted a little bit too much with Ravona for it to be like, oh, she's just this like program. And I mean, I remember from what was it, episode two, when Loki asks her, "Are you a recording or I forget what else?" And she says, "A little bit of both." Um, so yeah, I definitely think there's like something there but again miss minutes feels wacky and it goes into the wacky thing like that's some whimsical bullshit having a talking cartoon clock that's like a little sassy and has like you know the voice of tara strong i don't know um so the minute men enter i will say i thought it was very corny when sylvie's like i do have one good memory and then prunes herself i'm just i'm not buying the sylvie loki Look, I think that it was rough, but it gives me the masters sleeping with the master vibes as a Doctor Who guy. Yes, so yes, I can't say, totally. Like, I'm totally off board with it. Stephanie, I heard some sighs. Because, listen, <laughs> self-love, sure, absolutely. But their relationship has been giving me life with Derek. And I don't know if y'all remember that on Disney I don't. Uh, it was a show, or it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't Disney, but anyway, it was a show called Life with Derek and the brother and sister. Um, like it was a family. Like they were married, a married family. They joined that way, or whatever. The stepdad, stepmom, whatever. And okay. that is what their relationship has been giving me. And I know it's not supposed to give that. Um, <laughs> and it's just really throwing me um, because also. I don't know, like, people have said, like, it makes sense that Loki would um, develop, I don't know, a heart um, for another version of himself. But um, I don't know, like, something about it is off. And I don't mean it, like, in a creepy way. I just mean in the way that they've developed it. Um, That it's not giving me what I think they wanted to for me to care that Sylvie would do that. Right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just and I also just like the idea of them being able to be friends. Like I don't know. Yeah. We don't need to like shoehorn a romance in well, here. There's not enough time. It's because you know, Loki is this like this non-binary character, and then to like I don't know, like present Sylvie in the way that they have, it takes him out of that a little bit in some way. I don't know how I've been trying to work on how to articulate this because it's something about this relationship that is not ringing very true to his character for me. Um, and I think that's why I haven't been able to connect with it. Hmm. I think I, it's yeah, a, I mean, I think it's a performance issue because I think, oh, maybe that's I, I mean, from, okay. I will say from my view, the more I've been thinking about it, the more I think it's a performance issue where like, I love Tom Hiddleston. I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Um, he hasn't done much else that I thought was extraordinary. Um, and what's true about, uh, Loki is that he is a great supporting character and, a, you know, and a fantastic foil for Thor and all that sort of stuff like that. When you put him in the leading man position, you're asking, and in this show, you're asking him to carry a lot of like deeper emotional stuff. And I, I, I felt it in like the first episode when he was like watching Frigga's death and stuff like that. But with Sylvie, I'm not sure I'm feeling it. They're telling me, that it's there, but I'm not sure I'm feeling yeah. it. I feel like I am getting stuff from her. I think Sophia DiMartino is bringing something that I just don't know that 
Tom Hiddleston has that sort of soulfulness to him the way that I think she does, the way that I think Owen Wilson does, you know? So so this is why I think if they would have played the relationship a little bit more like, um, I don't want to say like a bratty, bratty sister, older brother type of thing, or maybe even put it um, where he is essentially having a similar relationship that he had with Thor um, a little yeah. bit with her, like that type of dynamic. But and it's just, again, and it, it probably is the performance. You're right, because if he was able to match her energy in that way, then I'm, I would feel very differently. You know, okay, yeah. I mean, so in episode three, I wasn't sure I was buying her. I don't, I almost think sometimes, I don't think either of them are bad. It just feels like they're acting for two different shows sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, he feels very... MCU. He like he clearly is an actor with like a background, um, but acting in the MCU. And she feels like, and I say this, and I loved Doctor Who until I gave up on it. She feels like she belongs in an episode of Doctor Who. Um, and I don't think there's the two of them are meeting in the middle there. Because at first I thought it was just I didn't like her acting style, but I don't think that's the case anymore. I think it's just they're not meeting somewhere and it's just not there. So, like, at the end, when they're sharing a blanket, I'm like, ugh, I think I kiss. Gross. Like, even though it's, like, <laughs> nothing wrong with it, but it just, eh. They don't feel, they also don't feel like two Lokis, right? They don't feel like two versions of the same character, I think. And I think that could be another issue is that we're like, but they're supposed to be the same character, but they don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the Doctor Who thing, does that land for you, Steve, at all? Um, well... <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, I think, and I think the insight that like Sylvie, like, yeah, it feels like we didn't see her be mischievous enough before she became vengeful, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I, I could see that. And then there's, of course, the different name, which, yeah, like it is probably, I don't know, like that, I mean, Again, all fans have to do is go on Wiki to see that that's the second Enchantress. Right. Um, so I don't know. Like, I don't mind. I think it's very in character, as you said, for Tom Hiddleston's Loki to only be able to fall in love with himself. Um, but much like everything else, like, do I feel that it's been earned? It feels it feels it feel it feels rushed uh, for sure. Um, but that's you know a question of I suppose. Do they bite off more than they could chew for six episodes? I mean, like, yeah. Loki never had this moment of reform, really, especially the version, especially the version that is in the show, since it's really the guy from 2012. Uh, and so, yeah, like, I don't know. In some ways, it feels like this whole show should have been about his face turn uh, for the first six episodes, if it was going to happen, because uh, it kind of happened pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yes, we know that he cares about Friga, so that maybe that's the maybe that's the trigger. But he was only kind of less of a dick after she died in the mainstream Marvel movies. So well, it feels like they needed to support it a little more. Joanna, and you have tweeted this, and you are correct. They have tried very hard to make the least important ones, least the less emotional ones, the least important Marvel movies, very important retroactively. Oh, and I yeah. feel like. Mm. Thor Dark World, they've been doing a lot of work to make that movie way more important than it was. Yeah. Um, and I can remember even seeing it in the theater. I, hands up, I don't hate the Thor movies. I actually dislike Ragnarok because I think it 
changes the character too much. Um, <laughs> but I think the first two movies are like enjoyable, but the second one just like there's no stakes. And when she dies, it feels like, okay, whatever, mom's dead. And everyone just keeps going. Sorry, but what's wild about that is that the thing that works best for me in Thor The Dark World is Loki's despair over Frigga. And then like, I completely agree with Steve. He's not much less of an asshole. There's still trickstering and betraying and all the stuff that happens. Like Loki is not betraying people enough. He's not causing (laughs) enough mischief. He's not like, I, I, Thor Ragnarok, I do like because it's a comedy and it's fun, but they're trying to give Loki his Thor Ragnarok by stripping him of everything, right? Like they stripped him of his costume, of Asgard, of any other character that he's ever interacted with in the MCU other than Sif in that like one sequence, you know? And so they're stripping him down the way that they stripped Thor down in Ragnarok. But what what remains is not as compelling as what remained in Ragnarok for Chris Hemsworth to get to be a comedian because i mean i actually buy loki's face turn in ragnarok much more because he's still a self-serving asshole you know yeah. like he's he's still he's doing the right thing for the wrong reasons in that in that movie he's you know because he still wants to be on the billboard at the end um and yeah no it feels like they're just i mean again like i i'm i'm a cynic and i feel like on some level from a you can see creators saying well people know that he became less of a dick in the other movies. So we, you know, we just have to, we can make it happen here. You know, like we, as long as we pay lip service to it, but then again, I'll retract all my words. If he kills Sylvie and sits on the throne at the end of the show, and it's all, you know, like, if or it's she been, kills him. Yeah, right. No, like, I could be, I'll be eating my words. If, if this ends with a giant betrayal, you know, uh, yes. but, you know, Ryan Houlihan said that in our last recording, he was like, I really hope they like go like, absolutely bananas with this and like i mean his theory was he wanted crocodile loki to kill all the lokis and him be the mcu's loki but he was <laughs> like i just you know that the show's not gonna like change the status quo too much um which he felt kind of lowered the stakes and i kind of like especially going into the finale i kind of do i'm like oh we already killed the old loki the kid loki ran off like we already kind of like up oh, back to just loki and sylvie and yeah i do i do yeah i've been wondering about that um but so Ravona, Ravona goes, I mean, you mentioned it before, Joanna, she goes to see B-15. Um, we get that scene of like, B-15's kind of like, how are you not saying like, fuck this place? Like the TVA lied to us and Ravona's kind of like, mm-hmm, what do you know? Like, just like, Ravona's just like looking for info. And I will say, I appreciate we're getting a villain that isn't like, I don't know, I... Sometimes I don't need a villain to have like a tragic backstory to be like, this is why and they can just be like just an asshole. And I'm, I kind of like that here that Ravona's like, yeah, I didn't know that, but I'm still going to work for them because whatever. Um, but she's just like committed to the villain role. And I can appreciate that because I don't know. I, I just, I'm tired of having to feel bad for villains. <laughs> um, it's understandable. But so then, uh, she, you know, she asked Miss Minutes to look up files. And I do think she's there's two things going on here. She tells Miss Minutes to look up those files because she wants to know, but also she's not lying when she says they're coming for whoever created this place, because that is also true. Um But so we get the Lokis um sitting around chatting. Or no, we cut to Sylvie. Post prune. Um, we see 
Eliath, the smoke monster. Um, and then Mobius comes riding through in this little pizza delivery truck, saves her. Um, I couldn't remember if they had actually met during the show or we just assumed they knew each other prior, like aside from him arresting her, right? That was, was that the first time he met her? Uh, it would seem so. Huh, it would okay. seem that that's the first time you met her, but that he has been on the case for a while. Right. right. Um, I thought that was a cute scene. Um, I also completely missed. So I just watched Fear Street recently. I don't know if any of you watched it. Not um, yet, but I'm due. So when the smoke touches her and she gets that like vision of like the castle, I kind of didn't know what the fuck was going on, even though, and I just like was thinking of fear street, how when the girl gets touched by the witch's grave and she like sees the witch being hung. And I just kind of was like, Oh yeah, she's seeing the future or something. And I didn't realize it was a smoke and touched. I think I just didn't realize it touched her. Um, but her Mobius get away. We go to the Loki's all sitting around. And I like that kid Loki was their leader, which I didn't realize till he, till boastful Loki betrays them. Um, and Tom Hiddleston is doing because Tom Hiddleston is usually the one annoying the people, right? But I like that he's the one being annoyed and it's all by other versions of himself. Um, and he's just kind of like exhausted by it. Um, we do see, I thought this was an interesting tidbit behind old Loki. There's a video game Polybus. Mm -hmm. um, do any of you know what that is? Cause I didn't know what it was. No. Mm -mm. It's like a, it's an it's, urban so, legend right yes, like it's a mind urban, control video game that like didn't actually exist but right. like people said it did and that's what they said it was called so that's what's sitting behind all a lot of the stuff i guess in the series in general has played into like urban legends because the the ship that they see is also part of an urban legend as well um which i thought was kind of interesting i like the moment we saw that okay ship so saw that it, i ooh, yeah, hit weirdly me. knew oh you did yeah, but see, I had no idea. I just was like, mm, they're showing a name on that ship. I bet this is like from a thing. And then yeah, I no, I only knew it because um, uh, old uh, boss that I had was an extreme conspiracy theorist. So, um, in order to take our lunches, I would listen to her ramble for thirty minutes and then be like, okay, I'm going to lunch now. <laughs> oh my god, I need to use that strategy in future. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but so what's what's the what's the thing with the ship stephanie i know I, I forget i looked it up but like it didn't people said it disappeared but it didn't right yeah yeah it it well i don't know comport but it might have but um <laughs> no like it, it disappeared it was like part of the or somehow related to the manhattan project or something like that but um yes and you know it's in another dimension with a bunch of other things um so it's just because <laughs> like they also did the the reptile thing, which was very questionable that they decided to do lizard people. But um, yeah. Wow. OK. Um, what is the name of what I keep? Uh, Katie Heron. Is that who is right? Am yeah. I making her name? Katie Heron. Okay. Yeah. Kate Heron. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. um, I see that she probably subscribes to the Gaia Network. Well, I mean, I love, I love um, the the stuff they're doing. The USS Eldridge, the Polybus game, the uh, 
DB Cooper. Do, doing DB Cooper exactly. Like that's real. That's fun. Yes, <laughs> and this show should be more of that. More <laughs> yes. time fun hijinks <laughs> is what this show should be. So. And I thought that's what we were gonna get too. Yeah, exactly. Because I thought that Pompeii thing was cool. I enjoyed yes. yeah, that. Pompeii yes. was fun. Like, yeah, just give take me on a tour of urban legends and conspiracy theories through time and explain to me that it was Loki all along and I will be <laughs> delighted by it. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, we have some revisions on the show, please, before the finale. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I like all that. I like Loki kind of tells him he's going to go out on his own because he gives this like St. Crispin's Day speech and then it kind of falls flat and everyone's like, no, we're not doing that. We've tried to kill Elias. That's not going to happen. Goes to leave the hatch. Loki, is this where he, yeah. Wait, now I think I... Oh, yeah. President Loki is waiting, which I... It took me a minute to realize before the fight started that everyone with President Loki was also a variant of Loki, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Mm-hmm. I Again, I said this at the top, but, like, I couldn't believe how little time we spent with President Loki. He was in every trailer, and he comes down, and his hand gets bitten off very promptly by Alligator Loki, um, and then, like, a big fight ensues. And again, I just... Tom Hiddleston being annoyed at, at like all these versions of himself is very good. Like I really, that is, that is, see, that is something I enjoy. And if we could have gotten more of that, fortunately we just get this short scene. Um, and I liked that the, I like that kid Loki and the crocodile, like give me that series because the two of them, I like that he immediately goes to the crocodile. He picks him up and he runs away with them. Like that kid is laser focused on the crocodile and me too. I'm like, yeah, save the crocodile Loki. Um, Tom Hiddleston, Loki, and old Loki and kid Loki escape. Um, He says they need to go find Sylvie. Cut to Sylvie and Mobius. They're arguing. Um, I did think it was interesting, the argument they're having of who whomst was working for the greater good and whomst was not. They're kind of like, well, no, I was doing it for the greater. Well, no, I was. And like, you both did questionable shit. Um, but although I keep going back to Joanna, your theory of like, what if Mobius is our Agatha and he's been there the whole time, but he's actually knows what's going on. Hmm. No, I just have questions about Mobius. Like, I think, I think it's very telling that they haven't given us his backstory yet. I don't know. Steve, do you have any questions about Mobius? Or are you fully? You think <laughs> uh, I mean, fine? I'm sort of along with the rough for the ride with Mobius because, as I said, this is kind of from an era that I was not reading a ton of Marvel, so it's I. I, it's funny, I love the character in the show because Owen Wilson is so approachable and I feel like I would have a hard time buying evil Owen Wilson, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's Steve Zissou's kid, right? So it's, it, it would be challenging for me. But if he, if it does happen and he pulls it off, I'll, you know, I'll be there. Like, uh, I'll, I'll be there for that. Uh, right now, like I'm so... I'm so connected to his like nice guy. I just want to ride a jet ski performance. Um, I'm either setting myself up for the fall if he ends up being a giant dick um, or I just won't buy it. But no, like the funny thing is like, yes, of course I have questions, but again, like it, it's weird. Like so much of it's rare that there's something I, I, I'm not familiar with the characters uh, on. And this was a little pocket of stuff I hadn't read. So yeah, like my inclination is that there's probably some dark secret there. And if there is, I'll be excited because for once, you know, I don't know it. Uh, and if there isn't, I, I find him to be a pretty complete and interesting character, though. I would want to know why, like, it does feel like there's a reveal as to why he's taking on these 
hard luck cases like Loki, you know, like he can't be the only, he can't be the only person with a heart at the TVA. So, so having said everything I just did, I do feel like we got to find out a little more about him. Hmm. Hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I mean, no, like seriously, because like this entire series, I've really just been like, I'm, I'm just showing up every week and I'm just watching the thing. (laughs) I don't even think I've bothered to speculate. Cause I'm just scared to, cause like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be so wrong. I'm scarred. So many times. Oh, you mean you don't want to be so loudly wrong like we all were in every yeah, episode of WandaVision? Like I'm so scared. <laughs> God, I feel like we even were for, I feel like you you weren't as often as I was for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so when Mobius, so Sylvie has the idea to enchant Elioth. Loki has the idea to, what does he say? Just like get it, he wants to like get on the other end, right? That's his plan, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I lost something here in the plot where I don't know how do they bring that ship, the Eldridge? Do they bring it into their lost void world or does it appear? No, it appears. Yeah, it appears. Okay. So I thought it was a like a time reset or something. Right. Know, yeah, it's TVA the same still doing their job. Yeah, it's the same lighting and sort of magical effect as when they prune other things. So it's the it's the sort of pruning effect. Because Kid Loki had that little like what looked like a, car, a remote control car remote? What the hell was that? It was obnoxious that it came out of nowhere and they never explained it. At one point, he's like, a car is coming this way. I see it on this device that we haven't bothered to explain what it is. And like, <laughs> you don't have to hold my hand through everything, but you can't have like this kid have this big device <laughs> that tells him things and not give me right? some kind of clue as to what's going on. That's what it was. Okay, because I rewound it and was like, wait, I forget. I when like when does he talk about the device? But I guess I just, okay. I feel better knowing that you you're telling me that I didn't miss something. He just was suddenly holding a device. It's a fact. <laughs> um, but so they all they're all going towards Elioth. Um, we watched the Eldridge ship come, and I I was was surprised at how brutal it was when it was like killing the people because it kind of was like. We didn't even do the Marvel like disintegrate turned dust. It was like we kind of saw their skeletons, like the rest of their body was being like pulled off or like melted off or whatever um which was you know for them and joanne i'll have you know even before i asked you on for this episode it says the smoke monster eats them all and then leaves lost is fucking shook because (laughs) it's all i can think of with this monster um the kid does say cars coming sylvia and loki meet up i did like this reunion i liked this is shit i like when it's like i go back to and i've referenced this so many times but like Scream, how in Scream 1, Gale and Sydney are not friends. In Scream 2, when they see each other after the killing start, they like have a very awkward hello. And in Scream 3, they hug. And it's like, yes, this is earned because these characters have been through a lot of shit. I was really glad that Loki didn't hug them, but was like excited to see them. Like he ran up to them and then just kind of awkwardly stopped, right? He didn't do the excited, touchy-feely because like they don't have that relationship yet because they've also known each other for what, like maybe three days at this point. Um, so I liked that. Um, that's like a better beat for me emotionally. That makes sense than like them sharing a fucking blanket at the end. Um, but, uh, so Loki, like 
is excited to see them, blah, 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 blah. They like, he tells Sylvie not to attack the other Lokis. Um, I love when he's like, us as a child, us as an old man, us as an alligator. Like, <laughs> I thought that was a very, um, Joanne, I don't know if you'll agree. It was a very like Buffy summation of what's going on. Yeah. Yes. It's like, have you been dead? I guess. Um, sort of reminded me of. So she wants to enchant the smoke monster. Um, because they want to see what's at the edge of the void because she did see that castle. I almost said church. She did see that castle. Um, oh, and I did jump ahead because this is where Ravona goes to see B15. I do we think B15 is going to come back into play? I mean, she she's the only like of the Minutemen that we keep going back to. Um, and I kind of like I feel like that actress is so good. I almost wish she could become the MCU's version of, you know, insert hero or villain or anti-hero here. Um, because also it's nice seeing like a bigger woman get a role like this, that like, she's still a badass and she's still a fighter. And I don't know. And I, I mean, she was great and she was one of my favorites in Lovecraft country. So right. I hope, I hope we get more of her. I hope it's not like, well, she's in that jail cell and she's one of these TVA people and we're done with her. I don't know. I um, kind of feel like fair, she could be anyone, right? We don't know her real name. Yeah. True. Or did I miss that? No, no we don't. No, you're totally right. And like someone, someone at one point was like, I want her to be of a, a, a Thor variant. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's what's happening, but I would love that. But uh, yeah, Wonmi Misaku is like incredible in everything she does. Um, the, but his like house. also his oh. house. So good. Love mm-hmm. her country. So good. Um, but the, uh, but Sasha Lane is also incredible and she was there for like a nothing sort of thing. So I kind of yeah. feel like they, will you know actors will say yes to uh, you know it's like it's like uh when they put emma caulfield in wandavision and we yeah. were all like obviously she's something because it's emma caulfield and, and they're, they're like, like fuck you nerdos and they were like nope <laughs> you know what i mean so i i think that Wunmi is just here to do this i that's what i kind of think I, I, mean, I, I guess you're right no one's saying no to that paycheck i mean i wouldn't i I also would not. Um, yeah, whenever anyone like rags on actors, I'm like, that's their job. Like, I don't know. I'm not like, okay, it was a throwaway role. They still got paid for it. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, but okay, so then where are we, Stephanie? <laughs> My notes are a little messy. Okay, so um, they devise a plan uh, to take out or to approach or whatever, whatever they're going to do with the big smoke monster, aka Galactus, aka whatever that thing was at the end of Green Lantern. <laughs> um, so they figure out what they're going to do with that. And then I'm probably skipping ahead because it's the one thing that I remember in detail. But uh, Old Man Loki goes out like Jean Grey went out in X2. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but you're right. So, okay. So, yeah, they have their plan. Was Old Man Loki, like, was that part of, that wasn't part of their plan, right? I don't right? think, like, come, a, no. I, and again, like, I have to <laughs> rewind it because I'm like, wait, when did they have this powwow? Like, where's that kid? And where yeah. is, like, what, like what's going on? Um, no, um, he he needed a purpose. Mm, mm, I don't know how I feel about that, but I get it. All right. He saved he saved them. But so, yeah, they do this thing to provoke the monster. Sylvie is having trouble enchanting him. Richard Grant, Loki, kind of builds an Asgard um, to get the monster's attention. Because we did learn 
prior that he was a better illusionist than the rest of them. Like he, mm-hmm. confu- he like fooled Thanos and that was how he survived. I actually thought his story was pretty like intriguing. I liked the fact that they didn't even like the timeline wasn't actually disrupted until he tried to step off the planet. He isolated himself on because technically everything else is the same. If everyone thought Loki died by Thanos, then like, all right, we're good. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was just him like leaving the planet. Cause then it's like, Oh, something changed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it almost feels like a this very much felt like a waste of Richard Grant. We got him for like an episode and you know one cut scene. <sighs> he's he's an Oscar nominee. I just feel, you know, I mean, but I'll feel that way about B fifteen if they don't get her like doing shit in the final episode. But again, like you said, Joanna, it's Marvel. No one's saying no, and it is a paycheck. So like, I don't begrudge anyone money. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a waste of Richard E. Grant. It's less Richard E. Grant than I would want, but it's not like they gave him nothing to do because I thought he was really tremendously good in this episode. Like far and away, the best part of this episode was him talking about like missing his brother, him talking about how they were all broken, they could never change, even like like small physical comedy bits he did with the cape. Just like I think he made a meal on everything, which is what Richard e. Grant does professionally. <laughs> um, and then I thought I, you know, I'm having a hard time really feeling my feelings when I'm watching the show. But I felt like his last stand was kind of emotional for me, and him just screaming glorious purpose and all that sort of stuff. Like because he was gonna walk, he he was the Loki that walked away from the fight. He walks True. away from Thanos. He walked away from things. Like he hides and protects himself, and he found something to fight for, which was these other two Lokis. Something that I thought um, I I was talking to Daniel Kibblesmith who who did a five issue run of Loki that I really yeah. loved and he was talking about this idea of um, what motivates Loki always has to be self-interest. Always. Always, always, always self-interest. But that he likes the idea of these other Lokis sort of infecting like that you could transfer your self-interest to another Loki. So like, (laughs) like whatever Tom Hiddleston's Loki does, if he does something in defense of or in protection of Sylvie, that's still him looking out for a Loki, even if it's not himself, he's looking out for Loki and Richard E. Grant's Loki is saving Loki, but it's these two (laughs) other Lokis. And that's something that I thought was kind of interesting. I don't know if the show thought it through that much, but I thought that was sort of an interesting take on, on all Hmm. of it. Yeah. No, I do like that. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense that like, okay, if this Loki who did remove himself from the fight is going to join the fight, it's to save versions of himself, which, okay. Um, I do wish we'd gotten to see little kid Loki. Oh, but we did breeze past. I will say I did get a little emotional when he hugged Mobius. Um, I don't know. I, for me, their relationship hits the heart. And now I'm going to sound like, you know, someone on someone on Twitter as if I'm not someone on Twitter. Um, but like, if I had to pick a, a ship, it would be Loki and Mobius more so than Loki and Sylvie. Um, because I felt like Mobius kind of got Loki's vibe, even if Loki didn't get his, like the meeting was Mobius knowing what Loki was up to. That's where they met. They didn't meet in the middle. They met at Mobius, like at Mobius walked over to Loki to meet at Loki, right? There was no in the middle there, but Loki learned that like, oh, this dude is like, you know, is helping me out. He, you know, broke me out of the time loop jail. Um, Their relationship, and we've just spent more time with their relationship, more episodes, is the one that I liked a little bit more. And I almost felt, 
And Joanna, I'll be curious what you think. I mean, you watch a lot of TV. I feel like you're an expert. Do we think, because the way that like the wording there was very purposeful and it felt like it was almost saying that Mobius had feelings for him, like almost, but not quite. Do we think like, I don't know, am I, am I reaching? I might be reaching. Well, it's a fine thing to reach for because <laughs> they're giving you so few morsels of bisexuality from Loki. Right. So you know what he I mean? just said it, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I felt like when they said their goodbyes, I also didn't quite understand why everyone was parting ways. Um, like the kid was just like, no, nah, this is where I live now. All right, bye. And it's like, oh, but that place is everything's falling apart. Where? Bring him to the real world. Like, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I think him like bailing out was probably so we can see him later. Um, like in Young Avengers or something. Um, so yeah, Stephanie, then what the, what the hell happens? Then? <laughs> so, um, all right. So Jean Grey Loki dies and right. then, uh, Loki and Sylvie are they join hands and they're somehow able to um for her to enchant this uh big smoke monster which I didn't understand how that was supposed to work right um Me neither. I won't ask it's fine but also <laughs> Imagine, so if she got stronger because she was holding hands with another Loki, like imagine what they could have accomplished if they Mm -hmm. all would have held hands uh, when that happened, that maybe that castle isn't there anymore. But um, yeah, like that whole thing, I'm like, great, but I just didn't, (laughs) just like, okay. You let the kid leave. (laughs) Right. You just, he's gone. And now this is, you're going to go do this. Okay. <laughs> and then it did right. just leave it at the castle too. Like I thought we were at least going to get like a boot. Yeah, right. I, I, I did anyone? Or did, I fast forwarded through the credits because I was like, "Where's, where's the, the cutscene?" <laughs> <laughs> and nothing. Yeah, uh, Steve, how did you feel about this ending? No, I mean, like I said, I expected, I expected them at least, you know, ten more steps into the castle, and then, yeah, I mean, if it was me, like. Yeah, uh, you know, old man Loki is there being what took you guys so long or whatever, but whoever it is, you know, like you at least see like a hand gesturing, good lord. Um because right now like yeah, and I mean I'm obviously going to watch next week, but is a random castle that I don't know what it is a real cliffhanger? Not really. Yeah. Um you know, I'm going to be there because I'm a huge nerd. Um but yeah, I think that um you got enough to come back, but it certainly could have been tied up a little stronger. And uh, and also, by the way, yeah, like the way that they beat Elioth is, or, or Elion, whatever its name is, is uh, <laughs> pure comics nonsense. That's the answer. <laughs> like, you know, you're you're reversing the polarity on the flux capacitor of that motherfucker, and that's how they beat him. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, like, we haven't, like... Uh, that's not how they've shown Enchantment to work throughout their own show uh, previously, where at best she can like negotiate with people's memories, but suddenly now she can just, now it's just mind control and she can dissipate a giant smoke monster. So 
Um, well, she was able to mind control like B-15 and all those other people in the rocks cart and stuff like that. I guess so, that's like, true. They just went yeah. out of the way for the when she was trying to find out uh, the information from that one to make it clear. They like did a lot of work to show that it's not as simple as like Xavier going in and being like, now you're right. Right, or something, you know? <laughs> right, right. You know um, what? I'm surprised. I kept waiting for her to enchant um, uh, Renslayer, but it just didn't happen. Like I just, yeah. I thought I thought they might have done that, um, but I mean, I guess if you she know, can't she's use her magic to, in the TVA, yeah. right? Yeah. So right, that and that was the thing. I was like, damn, I would have loved that. Like, why did you just prune both of y'all so we could see that? Ooh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked that. I mean, that also makes sense, right? Just like prune them both, so then mm-hmm. like she can do the thing. Um, and then they could maybe find out. What the fuck is going on? I don't oh, know. Yeah, I mean, look, if they, if Renslayer got pruned, it goes from uh, she has it goes from oh, it's nice to know if she wants to know what's going on too. She has to figure out what's going on, otherwise she's going to die too. And he, it, like, yeah, you listen. I mean, here we are, armchair writing the show, <laughs> literally sitting in an armchair. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, you get an, a, a much more tension out of the same beat if if Renslayer had been pruned. I mean, either by you know willingly or not um now her either being a true believer or needing to know the truth is has like a nuclear fuse on it right because she's staring down this giant smoke monster that is a summation of that question if she's a true believer she'll just stand there and let it eat her and if she's not then you know she's on board so uh yes we just solved this show basically at least (laughs) we solved the character arc Steve figured it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We're creating I mean, a I, event by rewriting this show. So, <laughs> <laughs> also, I was wondering. So, when they're on uh, Lamentus and they hold hands, that creates the like it was about to create a Nexus event, right? So I kept thinking. I know the void is like at the end of time, but why doesn't them touching create almost create a Nexus event, right? Or am I? Yeah. Because well, it they're is. saying that it's yeah. because it's the end of everything. Nothing, so nothing matters. There matters, you know. That's like fair. If you buy into that lore, then this is like the ultimate version of that. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Now, of course, again, like if what they're doing is a big enough change, then it probably would matter. Like in, in reality, like they've just created the biggest Nexus event ever by beating the smoke dragon. Um. But, you know, we haven't gone back to the TVA and seen how their little uh, lie detector thing is going crazy or not right now. So maybe it's doing a giant circle. We don't even know. Last time it went crazy, it didn't matter. That's what drove me nuts, right? Like there was this big emergency. Then they solved it somewhere off camera. And I'm like, what? (laughs) She bombed the timeline and it didn't mean anything. (laughs) I keep waiting to go back to that. And we just aren't. And the TVA seems fine, right, Joanna? So presumably it was solved i guess right i know why she did it she did it as just a distraction so she could get right. to the elevator i get that part but the fact that they like they end the episode with this is a big damn emergency that everyone's freaking out about and then they never show us how they fix it uh is uh, ridiculous <laughs> story time <laughs> it's like quite the choice to be like we're gonna end on this cliffhanger and then not address it and it doesn't matter all right it doesn't matter like, <laughs> but uh all right so um now i guess that's it i felt like i had like other things to say about the oh oh i wanted to point out the avengers tower in the background 
you all probably know this. And now I can't even remember the name. The name that it says on it is an alias of Kang's. Q-E-N-G. Yeah. Yes. I, that, that's another reason why I'm like, it's gotta be Kang. But like, does it? I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> because well, I mean, you're you're also I'm like probably the only pro wrestling fan on this podcast. But you saying it's got to be Kang is one letter away from one of the most famous calls in wrestling ever. So I'm extremely triggered. Uh, <laughs> is it when, Kang? When Undertaker's brother comes up for the first time, you had this guy screaming, "Now it's got to be Kane!" And I just mm-hmm. like. I'm, you just I'm gave the best moment. idea for a meme. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> please, please, someone do "It's Got to Be Kang" with with the Kane and and Jim Ross, because that's all I can think of right now. You know, Michael Waldron is like the world's biggest wrestling fan, the head writer for Loki. I so, did not know that, but there you go. Uh, interesting. I wonder hmm. what he thinks of "It's Got to Be Kang." <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. Uh, yeah, so I feel like God, now I'm trying to think if there was any other. I wanted to bring up like most of the references. In fact, there were so many references that when the point when Mobius and Sylvie do turn around in the car, something falls from the sky. I rewound it twice to be like, ooh, what is that? What is that falling from the sky? But it's literally just like CGI junk. It's nothing. Um, and I couldn't find it listed on any site, although maybe tomorrow it will be and I'll look a fool. It's, but, uh, it's Sokovian CGI, John. Little do you know that that's actually an hour. <laughs> <from, laughs> um, we see a shield, the shield helicarrier or one of them behind old man Loki at one point. Um, I, the thing I do appreciate is like, I know people get annoyed at like the clue stuff, but this wasn't really clues. This was just like them having fun. And I could have used like I could have had that shit turned up to ten. Like I'm like, give me more ridiculous things like Thanos copter in the background. Um, the only other thing that was like, hmm, had me like you know twirl, twirling, thinking someone was twirling their mustache is there is a statue of the Living Tribunal like broken in one of the like areas that they are behind the characters, um, and. Stephanie, do you want to say who Living Tribunal is? Because I barely know, other than it's like a three-headed thing. One of my favorite Marvel characters. Go on. Oh my god. Um, what is my brain today? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Like, call- please do, because... Um, and I looked this up yesterday just so I can make sure that I remember it, and I've already forgotten. Steve, do you want to tell everyone who the Living Tribunal is? Uh, Living Tribunal is like Marvel's version of the Spectre. He's like one of their most, one of if not their most powerful characters. And he's a cosmic being that signifies judgment. And as you have might maybe guess from his name, he has three different faces uh, along with a fourth uh, yet to be decided face that is perpetually undecided. Uh, and yeah, I mean, besides Marvel's version of, you know, all powerful deities, like the one above all, he's like the guy. Uh, that basically can show up and, and solve and judge any problem. Uh, I'm a huge Spectre fan, so I am by definition also a huge Living Tribunal fan. Plus, I just love shiny naked men from space. Uh, <laughs> With the head not attached to their body. It floats above the body, yes, for comic reasons. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say something inappropriate, but um, because I found something else yesterday while looking up living tribunal and instead of his having three different heads mm, yes it's a dr manhattan situation <laughs> it's a dr. Ma- yes dr manhattan situation so mm. <laughs> shout out to deviant art <laughs> wow 
they never uh, they never let us down they really they're really always don't. there for us <laughs> god whenever i feel like i'm like looking for a specific image whether it's for like buffy or for marvel stuff and it's like something specific i always end up crossing some yeah something wild from deviant art always Ugh. and now for a quick break Folks, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies. So much so, they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies by Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, Listeners can save 10% on their order with the code SUPERSLAYERFEST, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies, y'all. All right. And uh, now that we're at the end, favorite scene, Steve? Oh, uh, without a question, uh, Richard E. Grant, classic Loki's last stand, uh, you know, as you guys said, Anytime he's on screen, wonderful. And uh, I would I would watch him in that ill-fitting suit in, in his own show. So easily my favorite scene. All right, Joanna? I have to, yes and. Yes and, Steve. <laughs> uh, Stephanie? Um, it's the Loki brawl. Okay, that's fair. That I, That's kind of my favorite scene. It's just, I love... I love Tom Hiddleston being annoyed. Um, but also I gotta say, uh, I love, I just love everything with Crocodile Loki. He reminded me of, so I, I've mentioned this before. I grew up with a pug and whenever animals are just like chilling and like just looking at stuff, it reminds me of my pug. Cause he like was very nosy, but didn't like doing activity, but just like to see everything, like to know what was going on, but also didn't like to get up from his bed. Um, and the crocodile was giving me those vibes, so he was my favorite. He was the MVP for me. Um, what grade do you give this episode, Joanna? A B. Steve? Um, I'll generously, uh, I'll be the Megan Thee Stallion of this show and give it a B plus. Right, <laughs> Stephanie? Um, I give it a B. Uh, I think I'd give it a B plus. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. If you like the podcast, you can find SlayerFest98 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other corners of the internet. You can subscribe to our Patreon, which gets you access to uh, My Nudie Judy, which is a sex talk video series. Bonus episodes of SlayerFest98. We're currently going through Harley Quinn and um, really help support the podcast. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow me, I'm at Carlos. Joanna, where can everyone find you? Uh, at Joe Wrote This and on VanityFair.com. And Steve, where can everyone find you? I'm at the Steve Orlando on Twitter and Instagram. And Stephanie? Uh, at Steph I Will on Twitter. And you can go to whystuff.com to check out my stuff. All right, cool. We'll see you all next time. Bye.